0: Welcome to Linda's Corner. My name is Linda Bjork, and today we're going to be talking about achieving financial freedom. I'm delighted to welcome special guest Edwin Carrion. Edwin is a God-made millionaire, family-oriented investor, and mentor. He has founded several multi-million dollar companies, and he specializes in real estate development, transportation, logistics, investment, and business education and consulting. You can reach Edwin on his website and on social media, and I'll include those links in the show notes. Welcome, Edwin. I'm so glad that you could join with me today.
1: Linda, thank you for having me on the show and to everybody listening, good morning, good afternoon, and good evening whatever part of the world you're listening
0: Isn't that wonderful that we get to talk to people from all around the world, and that is so exciting because we have messages that should resonate with people everywhere. And as today, as we're talking about financial freedom and being successful, if it's okay, I would like to start a little bit with some of the mental and emotional blocks that we can create for ourselves so that we don't get that. Because what if I think, Edwin, I want to be a good person. I want to be an honorable person. I want to be humble and rich people are all selfish, greedy jerks. And in order for me to, to have any money, I have got to just set aside my principles or I have got to abandon my family and my relationships. And I'm just not willing to sacrifice that because I want to be a good person. So yes. can we be a good, person, and be successful at the same time?
1: Uh, well, to answer that question, and I love the way that you put it, because you put since the beginning the mental blocks, right, that everybody puts to themselves. And one of the things that I realized is that, number one, the reason that some rich people are greedy or selfish is because that's what they were when they didn't have any money. So having money just exemplifies the the real person that you are, because now you have more eyes on you. So if you're a good person, if you're a giving person, the more money that you have, the more that you're going to give. And it goes vice versa. If you're a stingy person, if you're a mean person, if you're a person that has no moral, no values, the more money that you have, the more you're going to exemplify that. So can we be a good person and have a lot of money? Of course we can. And that's why my title is a godly millionaire because I realized that I didn't make myself successful. I give the glory to God because that's the person that helped me get to become the person that I am today with high morals, high values, extreme integrity, and always there to help everybody out. And people always ask me, like, Edwin, how are you so successful? And talk about God because me having money has nothing to do, and I don't have to put my values away and what I'm leaving in order for people to believe me and to follow me. And what I want to give this world back to is that, you know what, it's okay to have a belief. It's okay to have your faith. It's okay to keep your values and become successful.
0: And that is so important because I don't think it's impossible to achieve the success if we don't, you know, have our, our heart and our mind on board with that. And one of my favorite things about reading about you was that you mentioned, I am a God made millionaire. And you also talked about being family oriented and how these things matter. And so you are um, a person who loves to spend time with your family. You're not abandoning your family so that you can achieve your goals. You are achieving your goals so that you can spend time with your family. And I love that. And I love, I checked out your Instagram and you talked about how, you know, we want to we want to die with memories and not dreams. We we want to we want to do things and not just, you know, wish for them. And so I loved that, that idea that who we are just becomes magnified by having more opportunities, that's a beautiful thing. And it kind of says, this is who I was before. So some of the other things that maybe might keep people from, from being successful is a fear of failure. Failure can be really scary when you take that risk. And when you, when you move forward and try to try to do something that's bigger than the opportunity to fail is bigger. So can you help me kind of overcome some of this, this fear and some of the, the failure possibilities?
1: Yes. And uh, I mean, in order to do that, and let me start by saying that I am afraid. I, I have fears as well. So we're all unique in our way. We all have fears. We all have afraid of failure, right? But it's how do we look at things in our lives? And one of the biggest things one of the biggest lessons that I always give my kids Whenever we're going to do something, and they're like, oh, I'm afraid of this, or I, I, you know, I'm afraid of failing or not doing this, I ask them, you, get, you, get, you only have two options. You either choose fear or choose excitement, right? Because both of them are going to give you the same outcome. So and what I mean by the same outcome is that when you're jumping out of an if you jump with fear, you're going to be afraid all the way down. And when you land, that's it. You're going to land with the fear like, oh my God, I can't believe I did this, right? Or you jump with excitement and you enjoy the ride all the way down into your land. I'm like, wow, I just did hey, this. is so amazing. So, in life, we either choose fear or excitement because at the end of the day, it's the same thing. So, in my life, yes, I'm afraid because now every time I grow, every time I'm looking into scaling my business or to doing something new, like I just got invited uh, in a couple of weeks to speak at an event of over. 500 people, and I'm afraid of that. It's be my first time me really standing up on the stage of over 500 people. But this is something that I want for me. This is something that I've been wanting for many years. And finally, I get the choice to do it, right? But am I afraid? Yes. I tell my wife all the time, My like, God, I can't believe it. How am I going to do it? I'm afraid. But you know, the moment that I step on it, I'm going to tell myself. That you're excitement, And I'm going to walk out excited and get everything that I have and enjoy that one moment because I've been dreaming for that moment for a very long time. So. That's how we kind of overcome fear and excitement. When we're kids, we have no fear. You know, fear was put into our heads by other people as we grow up. So when we're kids, you really think about it, kids have no fear. You know, they go on a bike, they go down a hill, they fall down, they get back up again, and they keep going. You know, kids have no fear. So we have to be like kids. Again, we have to think about ourselves. How were we when we were a little kid? That time that we didn't have fear, let's bring that back into our life. But at the same time, I always say, think about yourself when you're going to the next step in your life or when you're trying to achieve that new thing. If you fail, what's going to happen to you? What is the worst thing that is going to happen to you? You're going to go back to where you are. So, I mean, at the end of the day, you not lose much because you're always going back to where you were before. So if you think about that, don't be afraid of having fear because. The best, the next best thing that is going to happen to you is that you're going to achieve what you want to achieve.
0: Oh, I love that. Okay. So now as we're talking about, you're replacing fear with excitement. And I loved your example of standing up before a lot of people and speaking, because that is something that brings many people fear. And when you're there and your heart is just racing and you've got butterflies in your stomach. And I love that comparison of, you know, jumping out of an airplane. You can have those same feelings and thinking, What is another time that we can have those similar feelings of having our heart racing and having those butterflies? And it's when we're excited. Isn't that crazy how fear and excitement can actually be similar? And how clever you are to just make that mental switch and say, oh, I feel my heart racing. I feel those butterflies in my stomach. And instead of saying, oh my gosh, that means I'm so scared. Now you're thinking, wow. That means I'm so excited and I am about to do something and I am going to be so proud of myself when I accomplish this thing. And then I loved how you put it into perspective also of saying, what's the worst thing that could happen if I fail? It's I go back to here. And you know what? Where I am right now is okay. And so it's not that bad. Brilliant. That's wonderful. So as we're talking about fear, another thing that some people have is stress and anxiety, where, you know, how do we, how do we overcome those kinds of things? Um We're talking about changing this fear into excitement. Can I do that with like stress and anxiety as well?
1: Yes, of course. You know, again, we got to think about what is the opposite meaning to that? So what is the opposite meaning to stress? What is the opposite meaning to anxiety? So there's, there's always the, everything has a synonym, right? So everything is a positive and a negative. Because life is all about positive and negative so if i ask you this question Linda, what is the, the positive of stress
0: the positive of stress so now i'm trying to think am i looking for a synonym or am i looking for the opposite because opposite of it's syn- a synonym
1: uh, 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 exactly which is about the same thing of the opposite what is the positive of stress
0: the the positive of stress i know that stress helps to improve our performance i mean it kind of goes along with that excitement idea so is that kind of what we're looking for? Or are we looking you're for something else?
1: Calm, right? Stress means you're not stressed, you're calm. Okay,
0: okay, okay. So that's the opposite. All right. So if I'm not stressed, so I'm... So in, in, okay. in
1: the other one, in anxiety, what is the opposite of anxiety?
0: Oh, uh, that would be to me, being I'm peace, I'm tranquil.
1: I'm peaceful, same thing. So we're kind of going to figure out how do we get into that state of mind where we have, when we're stressed? How do we get into the state of mind of calmness? I always get into from anxiety into peacefulness. So, there's a lot of things that we can do with ourselves and really think about them. I'm stressing because of this, and this is something that I cannot control. So, let me just focus on the things that I can't control because those are the things that are going to bring me peace. Those are the things that are going to give me the calmness that I need to have. So, when in times we get into moments that we're stressed because of certain things, but if those are things that are stressing us, I think that we cannot control. Let's switch our minds and let's focus on the things that we can't control that are going to bring us the things that are going to bring us the calmness that we need in our lives. And when we do that, this is kind of lost by itself and it gets better.
0: So we're focusing on the things that I can control. Control. And I think that's going to take some practice for some people where they feel so out of control and so like I'm just this little flag floating in the wind, I get, I'm not going control of anything. And I think it takes some practice of recognizing, Oh, what? actually I am in control of this. And you've even given us several, several examples today of just doing that little mind switch that even in this same situation, I get to choose if I feel like that heart racing and those butterflies in my stomach mean fear, or if it means excitement. And so I think in making those little choices and practicing, it will help us to be able to recognize, oh, I am in control of something. At the very least, I'm in control of the way that I respond. So that is something that I can control.
1: Yes, exactly. And, and it takes time, like I said, it takes time because we have been living with all these negative uh, beliefs our whole lives or for many, many years. That is not a switch that you're going to be able to do from one thing to the next. It takes time, it takes practice, and it takes consistency. And how do we achieve that? The way to achieve that is to make sure that we do daily affirmations, we do daily work on ourselves. It's so just like, you know, go back again to kids or when we are in college. You know, we're learning math. What do we have to do to become good at math? We have to practice, practice, practice. practice. That's why we have homework every day. So it's the same thing with these negative beliefs and, and with helping our mind switch to who we want to be is that we have to constantly, every single day, continue working on the things that we want to work
0: on. And that makes all the difference. And one of my favorite books, Atomic Habits, the author talks about that. The most practical way to change who we are is to change what we do. And I love that. And would you be willing to share, because I know you do some um, evening routines, you do some things like that. Can you help us to kind of some specific things of what we can do to practice so that we can get into that good place so that we can start receiving this success that's out there.
1: Yes. Um, what I do is I do what is called daily affirmations. So to me, my daily affirmations are extremely important. And the reason that I would do the daily affirmations is because it helps you start the day off with the right mindset. So in the morning when I wake up, I look in the mirror. And one of the simple things that I do is smile for one day. I have always been told that I don't smile as much. So in order to change that, in my I have to treat myself to smile more. So I look at myself in the mirror for one minute and I just hope to smile. And that changes your perception and starts to day off in such a good, positive way. But like, wow, you know, the day is beautiful. Because while you're smiling, you start thinking about it. Yeah, you know, I look happy. I look great. I look good. Like, why am I smiling? This makes me feel good. So you realize that, Throughout your day, when things go wrong, you just take that little time and make a smile, you know, your mindset just changes. That And then telling yourself who you are. So, again, nobody gave me the title of God made a millionaire because nobody was going to give me that title. So what did I have to do? I have to give myself that title. And because I believe that that's who I am, that is my title. And everybody gets to know me because of that title. Not because somebody gave me that title, but because that's who I want to be known as. So again, it goes back into you. You know, what do you want to be known as? How do you want people to see you? And you have to give yourself that value. You have to tell yourself, "This is who I want to be. This is who I'm going to be, and this is how I want people to know me." And when you do that, people are going to know you by like that. Isn't
0: that wonderful? That just power of creation that you're starting from inside out. You're not waiting for the world to tell you who you are and how they're going to see you. You are creating, this is who I am. Yes. And then from there, then they can see, oh, that's who Edwin is. And they see that because it's true and because you made it and you allowed it. And I think that is absolutely beautiful. So we work on those small, simple, daily steps to say, this is who I am. This is who I choose to be. Now, from there, we also have to do some things. And you're very successful at that. So can you help us to be able to understand, like, what's the difference between, like, a good investment or a bad investment? Or, or how do we take the next step?
1: Okay. Now, uh, when we talk about investments, uh, when we look at what's a good investment or what's a bad investment, right? It's all up to us to decide that so i cannot tell you what a good investment is what i could tell you is what is my risk tolerance and knowing that i know my risk tolerance to me i could choose what's a good investment for me so you could bring me the best investment that the most secure one that is paying 10 let's say a month right but maybe to me that's not a good investment because that is not my risk tolerance maybe that's too risky for me or maybe that's not risky at all for me. And I want to risk a lot more because based on what I've been able to create on my own, maybe that's not good for me. So again, it's, it's learning to know what am I willing to lose? What is my risk tolerance? And what do I seek in return? So you cannot expect, expect high returns with very little risk. That's unheard of, right? You have to risk. always, there's a risk to rewards. You have to risk to have good rewards. If you want to cut no risk, then your returns are gonna be very small. If you want to have high returns, then you have to lose a lot. But then you have to look at it. Okay, if I'm willing to risk this much, am I okay with losing all of this? Because the, the higher the risk, meaning that, you know, the higher is the reward, but you might be, you might have know, you might be able to lose all of this. So am I okay with losing it? Is this gonna hurt me financially? Is this gonna make a debt on my wealth? Is this gonna be, am I gonna be able to survive? if I lose all of this. So that's where you choose whatever is going to be a good investment for you.
0: I love that. I love that you brought the very first part is a little bit more of who am I and how do I fit into this equation? What is acceptable to me? What am I willing to risk? And what do I want in return? And by putting all of those things in together and recognizing right off, hey, if I do this risky investment, this risky venture then I have a possibility of great returns and I have a possibility of having it go south. And yes. am I okay with that? And if I am, then I can move forward. And if not, then I'm going to choose something a little bit different. And I love that, putting those things into perspective.
1: The second part from that, then it goes back into who am I investing with or who am I investing on? Because at the end of the day, we're always investing in somebody, right? We're not investing... If you were to invest in my company, you're not investing in my company. You're investing in me because you like who I am, you like what I have done, and you like what I'm going to provide for you. The business has nothing to do with this. But the same thing goes with everything in our lives. When we invest into something, we're not investing into whatever they're offering us. we're investing into that person because we believe in that person. So if you're investing, if you're going to invest, if somebody brings an investment opportunity, you have to choose. Is that person in my values and my beliefs? And if that person is within my values and my beliefs, maybe I have a better opportunity of getting good return with that person versus this other one that's offering me the world. And I don't know, and I don't like who he is, and I don't like his values because he's a greedy, stingy, bad person, like we talked at the beginning, right? So we always have to realize, and that's one of the biggest things that I realized with time, is that I only do business that are within my values and my beliefs.
0: That is amazing to be able to hold on to those values and beliefs and still have that be part of your formula of success and not something that keeps you from success. I love that. Now, one of the ways that you invest is through real estate. And we know that in 2008 and things did not go awesome. And then they recovered and you lost some money there. So can oh, you talk about, yeah, so when we're in this spot of, of, of risk and we're talking about risk and return, and you've had an experience of, of, of feeling that loss and then not letting it crush you, not letting it destroy you, but you were resilient and said, okay, so now we're going to bounce back and we're going to do this again. And I think your resiliency helps you to be able to take those risks because you know that you can come back. So can you kind of walk us through what that was like and maybe how we can protect ourselves from that in the future, or if not protect ourselves, to be able to bounce back?
1: Yes. One, one of the biggest things that I learned was that I need to be, on everything that I do in my life from now on, it needs to be recession-proof. And to me, my biggest learning lessons was that I was not recession-proof. And if we look back, you know, if we study a little bit about the economy in the United States, and we go back maybe 40, 50 years, you'll notice it's just like the stock market. When you look at a stock for the past, you know, one month or 30 or 60 days, there's always an up and down, right? So the up means the good times, the down means the recession. So we look at life the same way, but there's always ups and downs. But you notice that when when there's a down, there's a higher up. When there's a down, there's a higher up. When there's a down, there's a higher up. So as time progresses, everything keeps going higher. So that's the same thing with our lives. We have to make sure that we are recessionful. How are we gonna protect ourselves when the times go down? When we're talking about business, if the economy goes into a recession, is my business gonna make the same amount of revenue? And if it doesn't, if it loses 50% of revenue, am I gonna be able to sustain my business? Is my business gonna be able to continue growing. When people stop buying, when people start looking for my services, how am I going to survive? Do I have too much debt? And that was one of my biggest problems. In 2007, that was extremely over-leveraged because I wanted to grow this company so big that I was extremely over-leveraged. So when we went into the recession, I had no cash flow to cover that leverage. And that's why I went bankrupt. Nowadays, every business that I get into and every business that I put together, I make sure that we are recession-proof, that number one, I am not over-leveraged. So in case I lose 50% of my revenue, I'm still able to take care of my company make sure that I have some reserves. So when we get into a recession, it's like women love shopping, right? You love shopping. Women love shopping. And every day they find sales because that's what my wife tells me. When I see her that she came shopping, I'm like, my God, you buy more clothes. You we went shopping again. Yeah, but it was, they had a big, big, a huge sale. How was the sale? 20%. Because that's a big marketing scheme. Every day, you go to any store of the week, it doesn't matter what day or the month it is, one store is going to have 20, 30, 50, 40, some type of sale, right? But people do look at it like that when we go into recession. So when we go into recession, you could purchase a business at 50% off. You know, you could start scaling your company by buying other businesses at a sale price. You could start acquiring things because everything is in sale. But we have to look at things that way. It's like, okay, so when we flip into a recession, I'm able to take advantage of the market. If we like cars, we're able to buy all these nice cars from people that were extremely over-leveraged and we're able to buy nice cars at a discount. If we like jewelry, we're able to buy jewelry at a discount. If we like houses, we're able to buy nice, we're able to upgrade to a nicer house or purchase investment properties at a discount. So we have to have that mentality that it's okay when we enter into a recession because that's the moment that we're going to take advantage of it. So like that, when the market changes, we're able to increase and double our wealth by getting rid of these assets that have gained and increased a lot in value.
0: Isn't that amazing? So now we're kind of going back to that. Let's switching when I have my heart is racing and I feel butterflies, that that is not going to be fear. This is going to be excitement. And now you're kind of switching things saying, oh, this is a recession and prices are going down. And instead of panicking and thinking, Oh no, this is horrible. You're thinking, wow, it's all on sale. And so now yes. I can start to act. And you know, and if people are able to make that switch and then someone and enough people are able to act and buy these businesses, then it kind of helps the recession from keeping to go down because it, then it balances things out as yes. things move. And so that creates a very win-win situation. It's not, oh, I'm taking advantage of the people who overleverage themselves. It's, wow, this is a win for me. It's helping them get out of their tight spot. And it's good for the economy because it's helping to balance things out. So that yes. is really quite brilliant. So I guess that's awesome. Now, the first time you dipped and it wasn't a sale for you then, so you had to just go from the bottom up. But even though there wasn't a lot of money, you still had a lot of know-how and you had a lot of experience. And so that's part of something that the recession couldn't take from you, you know, and right. you had all of that so that you could build yourself back up again. And I think that is really, really important.
1: Yes, it is. And I like the way that you said it, uh, it was a win-win because right after that, I went back in the real estate business. I got into the jewelry business in the gold buying business. And to me, I like the business a lot because to me, it wasn't only a win win, but it was a win 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 situation. So we were on a recession. People needed money. They had no money. They had to get rid of all their, their jewelry, their nice clothes that they had accumulated over the years. We were able to buy that from them and give them money to be able to pay the bills, to be able to survive. So that was the first win. So we we're helping people out by thinking that all wanted jewelry. That was number one. Number two, we were making money, so that was the second win, because every time we purchased the jewelry, we were making money at the same time. So that was the second win. But the third win was that by buying unwanted and scrap jewelry and recycling that, we were helping the environment, not mine, not continue mining, we were helping the environment by recycling jewelry, by recycling gold, precious metals. So it was, to me, it was a win-win-win type of business. And I love that business, but it was win-win-win. It was a business that We were helping people out. We were helping ourselves out. We're creating jobs in a bad situation. And at the same time, we're helping the world, the environment, you know, everything that God made for us.
0: I love that. And how wonderful. Again, this is going to take some practice to be able to find those situations. Where it's like, ah, this one tanked and now I am totally toast to, okay, okay, what's the new opportunity? What can I see? And, and while I'm working this, how can I be benefiting not only myself, but other people? And I think that that's beautiful when it creates not only a win-win, but a win-win-win. And I yes. love that. Oh, how beautiful. So now if somebody wants to work with you or, or what kind of, um, can they, can they go to you to help? learn some of these the skill set to be able to find yes. win-win
1: situations? Yes, yes, of course, of course. And that's one of my, um, I've been blessed enough. I've run multiple uh, companies, and every company has a meaning to me. So my, one of my companies, my wealth creation vehicle, the other one is my passive income vehicle, the other one is called my cash flow vehicle. But this one, uh, the mentoring one, is called my God-given talent vehicle because I'm able to share my knowledge, to share my experience, to help people uh, switch their lifestyle and do what I always do best, which is live life to the fullest, enjoy life. Because we're only given one life. And the last thing that we want to do is when we're dying and we're in a death that look back in our life and say, I should have done this, I should have done that. Versus like, my God, what an amazing life I had! I did everything that I wanted to do in my life. And how am I able to accomplish that? So that's what I always try to teach people but I teach people through vehicles where they could create a wealth, so they could live their life where I could help people by helping them scale their business. So they're able to reach their full potential. And we understand that it's not about making money, but it's about living life to the fullest.
0: I love that because I believe life is meant to be joyful. And yes. this is part of living a joyful life is, I loved your example of when we're all done and I've heard research studies and people talk to those in hospice and ask questions of what are your regrets and what are you happy about? And the regrets are often, I didn't try this. I didn't do that. There's something I always wanted to, but I held back. And so your message is, Let's live life to the fullest, the and if part of that includes having this wonderful financial success, so that I can do A, B, and C, and X, Y, and Z, then Edwin can help you get there. And I think that's wonderful. So thank you for helping to to share that information.
1: Well, no, my pleasure, my pleasure. And again, yeah, you can reach me on my social media channels, Edwin Carry on seventy eight, or. You could join my free Facebook group, which is free until now, at Startup to Millions. That's the Facebook group, where it is a huge community of like-minded individuals that are there with the same purpose. Number one, faith, need, and helping each other to scale to the millions. So we can continue living life the fullest.
0: I love it. Edwin, thank you so much for visiting with me today.
1: Linda, thank you for having me here and to everybody out there. I hope you enjoyed the show. I hope you got some good nuggets of information and I'll see you soon. Excellent.
0: In closing, I'd like to share a quote by Maya Angelou. She said, success is liking yourself, liking what you do, and liking how you do it. Today, I invite you to enjoy success in all of its forms. See you next time on Linda's Corner. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode of Linda's Corner, please share and subscribe to help us reach new listeners. I also invite you to check out my nonprofit, Hope for Healing, at the website hopeforhealingfoundation.org.